happy unofficial start of summer, everyone. Memorial Day weekend is in the books. Welcome to JASP. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith here with you as always. Uh, pleased to be joined by FNP Managing Editor Chris Kinsler. Chris, how are you? Doing well. Uh, lots to talk about uh, today, uh, even though we're heading into the down season on, on the sports calendar. Uh, we'll talk about the NBA Finals. Uh, Raptors and Warriors uh, start their series uh, a little later this week. I want to ask Chris about his Houston Rockets because they're apparently on the verge of putting everyone up for sale, I, I, I heard. So, and uh, I w- wanted to touch on the death of uh, Bill Buckner, too. Uh, uh, remembered for a lot of the, for his error in game uh, six of the uh, 1986 World Series, but but a really good player and, and one of the more underappreciated players in baseball. So I want to touch on that. But first, guys, I want to start uh, this week's episode with a question. Uh, that, that Josh brought to my attention. Uh, it was a tweet, I believe, from Sports Illustrated. And I think here, that's correct. And yeah. here is the hypothetical question that I want to pose to you. Um, you're in an NBA arena. You're on the court. Someone hands you a basketball and says, step behind the three-point line. And you have 10 attempts to make one three-point shot. 10 attempts, one three-pointer. Sounds doable, right? If you make it, if you make one out of 10, that's all. You get a billion dollars. If you miss all 10 shots, if you don't make one, you have to go to maximum security prison for one year. Chris, what do you do this? Oh, I'd do it. I knew that would be his answer. Yeah, I'd do it. I'd make that. I'd make nine of them. (laughs) You'd go all Steph Curry? No, I mean, I like I, I'm confident that I'm a good enough shooter where. And you can shoot it. I'm pretty sure there weren't any restrictions. Like you can shoot it from wherever your best. You get to dribble. Spot you is. get to yeah. yeah. There were no restrictions on this. Yeah, so. I, you, you just had to make one out of ten. One out of ten. One I, billion dollars. Yeah, and I don't know that you'd be on a clock either. Yeah, I, I could absolutely do that. Uh, yeah, I, I play basketball enough. I, I step behind that line enough. You know, that's ten percent. Right. I, I would do it as well. I mean, and... It's a billion dollars. I right, mean... yeah. I, I would think that I can make... I've played enough basketball in my life where I think I can make one three-pointer. Yeah. And you're setting your... And if you make one, you're setting generations of your family up financially yeah. f- for life, basically. Like your yeah. great, you're, great, you're, great grandkids wouldn't have to work if, if, if they... You're do. buying the Cleveland Browns. Exactly. Right. Um, well, one. <laughs> and... Josh is going to have a different answer, but I look at it. Yeah. Okay, say you don't make any. It's it's maximum security prison, which would be horrible. But it's only one year. It would probably be the worst year of your I, life. I, lo- I love how he's like, it's only one year maximum security prison. I'm pretty sure prison. that I could get along with a lot of those people. Well, you have to get along with all of them. All right. Not a lot of them. Just a few of them, just enough to protect me. I, yeah, I'm, do, not, do, I'm do, not going to prison. Josh yeah. would chicken out of this bet. But, but, you, but you don't believe you can make one three-point shot? I don't. I, not with the pressure. I, not under that pressure. I've never, never played competitive basketball. I played pickup, and I, I'm a pretty decent shooter. And I think if I were, if I knew I was going into this, I would certainly be practicing, and I would. I think I could probably make one of those. But if I had to go to prison for a year, my entire life would be ruined forever because I'd have to quit my job. I'd still and hire my, you, back. and my wife. You're not even gonna be here. So what are you talking about? <laughs> and my wife would would not stick around. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not even taking that. I chance. mean, your wife wouldn't stick around if she knew that you were doing this for a chance at a billion dollars that would set you and 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 your son and her and and all of your families up forever. If I had to go away for an entire year and leave her with everything, I'm sure to do for she a would year. like going in because you're probably going to be. At and the I game. might not even make it out. 
you're going to be you're going to be sitting next to her, right? And and this offer is going to come to you, and she's going to be like, "Ah, uh, that's a really good question." See, I don't think she would want me to do it. She is incredibly cautious, incredibly cautious. She yeah, would, I'm a gambler. No way she would do it. She wouldn't want me to do it, and it would just it would just ruin my it would it would ruin my life. Yeah, if I had to go to prison, and not only that, I'm pretty sure I'd probably get killed in prison. Like I would just be a target. Like <laughs> just look at me. Like come on. <laughs> I would be, not be able to survive a year in prison. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it would be a horrible year. It would be the, by far the worst year of your life. I'm sure every day would be difficult. And, and and that's what I focus on, not the life-changing money. Right. But it's it's, it's not you're not going for life. You're going for 365 days. And, yeah. then, and then you're out. And then, you could, able, and then yeah. you could re, – there's countless stories of people that lose everything, even la, even in their <laughs> yeah, later years, and, and, and rebuild and – I'd rebuild rather not have completely. to deal with that. Right. You could write a book about it. Yeah. Well, and, that's true. I could probably write – a book in prison, right? You know, it would, it would, uh, and there, there's no saying that that would be a, a bestseller. Or yeah, anything, no, no one's questioning that. It, no one's saying that it's easy. It's only maximum security. I'm not saying. Yes, that. you did. You did say that. It's um, no. It's I'm only, saying. I'm saying, one year. I'm saying it's only one year, and it would be a horrible year. But 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 it's not. But it's not more than one. I mean, year. I just I, I look at the billion dollars. I'd be on a yacht. I'd be in the Caribbean. Yeah. I'd, I I can't even tell you the maids and butlers oh, and yeah. stuff that I would have. I, I yeah. Where, where where would you live if you had a billion? I would dollars? live on a yacht in the Caribbean. You wouldn't have like a man. You, nope. You wouldn't have a, on a yacht, huge, like hundred and twenty foot yacht, multi bedroom gym. You would, and you would be on the water like three hundred sixty five days a year, or as many days a year as, as possible, like yeah. out in the ocean. I'd outrun hurricanes, right. stuff like you that. You would make sure you plotted around weather. Yeah. Well, yeah. Where's great? Where, where would you live? I would probably live in San Diego or somewhere in Southern California. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. On, big on, fan on of mudslides, are you? On the beach? No. Yeah, I, I'm I, not I, going to a coast. No. Yeah. Well, but wouldn't you want some solid ground underneath your feet every once in a while? I mean, I, mean, what, I can what, cruise wherever, whatever yeah, solid ground I want. And my solid ground is going to be on my ship where I'm going to be served martinis by yeah. some very, Beautiful. very, very Beautiful. good waitresses. Very good waitresses. <laughs> Talented waitresses. <laughs> Talented waitresses. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm buying a big plot of land in a really remote area somewhere and putting up a giant fence <laughs> and saying goodbye to most people like i just i don't you know that's what i would do with a billion dollars except for us yeah except for us and it's only one shot though i mean that's the thing you don't have to make five out of ten you don't have to make yeah six out of ten john can't we talked about this last night that's i know i get it i understand the 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 bet but john can made a really good point you better make it early because if you don't that that is a good point and i did actually when this question was posed i did think about that you know because with each miss that pressure builds and that pressure builds. It's like Nick, yeah. Nick, uh, Nick Anderson in the the finals, yeah, yeah. yeah, right? Like, oh, you know, here I'm this eighty percent free throw shooter. Oh, I missed that first one. Okay, I got two more. Oh, geez, you know. So I do get it. The the pressure definitely would mount, and you would want to do it. You would want to do it early, but but I'm pretty confident I can make one. Yeah, NBA, pretty, f- NBA. I didn't say I wasn't. Corner. I didn't say right. I wasn't confident I could hit one. I'm pretty sure I could, but I don't. I'm not taking that chance. For a billion, I mean, no, wow, not doing it. No, there's there like here's some other things that I was thinking about with this. Is there another skill in another professional or another big time sport that you would attempt? Um, like I was thinking with football, I don't know what we would what we would make an equivalent. I was thinking maybe it would be can you catch a punt? Can you catch like can you field one punt from a professional punter? See, I think that's a more difficult task because. You know that ball's spinning, yeah. And I don't think people realize how much that ball's spinning when it comes in. And there's but also then, wind. There's there's wind, and then on top of that, you I mean, let's say you're standing 
midway, you know, in between there's, the hash yeah, marks. Yeah, there's no saying You could have to run 30 yards either way. Right. Uh, and then catch that ball on the run. I, I think that's a difficult task. Are you, are you talking about with, like, NFL guys bearing down on you? No, no, or, just – no. Oh. All you, you're standing in an open field and an a NFL punter is punting the ball to you and at a practice field. And you have to catch like it, but there's no guarantee. He's not going to kick it right to you. Like he's going to, he's going to, he's going to kick a punt. Right. That's why I like the basketball one. The bas the basket doesn't move. Yeah. You control every every aspect of that. Yeah. Right. There's there's no weather because you're in an NBA arena. There's no weather. There's not none of that matters. Whereas if you catch a fly ball in sports, you have to. Where's it going to be hit? You you know catch a fly ball in baseball. Where right. catch a punt. Uh, hit a fastball. That's Some, that was another one I was thinking of. Face a major league pitcher. Yeah, I think that would be a diff. I think that would be just very, fastballs. Just fastballs. I still think that would be very difficult to catch up. One in ten. Yeah, I don't think I could do no, that. No, no. I mean, and if you think, if you look about it, contact percentage for even major league hitters mm-hmm. is sometimes around like forty percent. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're talking about somebody who hasn't faced ninety-seven mile an hour pitching, and then you go out there and you're just blindly tying you know try and bunt right? there was a guy i saw a story years ago a dude who um i think he something had to, he he may have played against randy johnson in high school or something or I, I can't remember the specifics of it but he never actually got a chance to face randy johnson and so he always wanted to and then of course randy johnson became randy johnson and this dude got a shot to like bat against him in some minor and maybe it was a spring training game or something like that and he, I'm pretty sure he whiffed. It was like he had it got in it bad against Randy Johnson, though, and he, he, he didn't do anything. When I think of Randy Johnson, I just think about that poor bird. Yeah, that every, happened, yeah. happened of, you know, th- this guy. This isn't like a, a, you know, no offense to Bill Buckner, but like you know, yeah. some guy where you remember one thing out of his career. I mean, Randy Johnson has perfect games, no hitters, yeah. World Series rings, uh, Cy Young awards, and the thing he is known the, most one of the greatest for, nicknames in baseball. Yeah, history. right. And the thing he is known most for. Is blowing up a bird in a, in, in a it was a spring training game was. too, wasn't it? It was right. So like, not even this Hall of Fame career, first ballot Hall of Fame career, and he's known most for a bird flying I into think, his fastball. Yeah, that's that's number one on my list, and what I think of with him. And number two is John Crook in the All Star game. That's what I remember. Those are the two things I remember most about Randy Johnson and how he. John Crook was like scared to death to face him and <laughs> struck out and flailing in right. fashion. It was great. I think I would much rather catch an NFL punt, especially if I don't have to worry about a, a rush bearing down. Yeah. I mean, and someone lighting me up upon right. catching the punt. I, 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 it would take me a little practice to, to get one, but I yeah. think I, I could learn how to do that in, re- sure, in, yeah. in relatively short order. I think. I'm not sure you un- you understand how difficult that actually. No, is. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I think shooting three pointers is actually easier than catching punts in, in the NFL. I, really, I I think that's like a no-brainer. I've never done it, so I, I that that's the big unknown for me is I've I've shot three pointers, right? Yeah, I, I've shot them. Um, I've never caught a punt beyond well, like yeah. a, a backup pickup game, right? Exactly. But look, when look in the NFL at the number of specialists there are that do like not everybody can right. field they, punts. They spend all day. These are professional athletes, and some of those guys in the NFL can't field punts, right? You know what I mean? There's guys who survive. There's a guy who played for the Vikings. He made the league or made the team uh, in the league for a better part of a decade. Marcus Sherrills. and the only reason he made the team is because he can field punts and he can return punts. That's not like whereas if you go to the NBA, like everybody can shoot three pointers in the NBA. It, w- it would take a hell of a lot of time and practice for me to, to be yeah. to be able to get good at it. I'm not I'm not d- diminishing the difficulty of it or trying not to diminish it, but. Um, it's an interesting question. I, I think stepping in against the major league fastball would be much more nerve wracking and, and, and much harder you, to do. Yeah, maybe you need more than ten pitches to see if you can hit or, one of them. You know, 
uh, lasting around against Floyd Mayweather. Like, what, what do you think the difference is between fielding a punt and fielding a just a fly ball in baseball? I think a punt's much more difficult. The, the, the ball is different. Yeah, the ball's different. The ball's spinning. Uh, you know, it's got these weird rotations on it that the punter puts on it. Whereas a fly ball reads, unless it's unless it's a flare, it reads pretty simply. Yeah. It's just the problem is, is where is it going to be hit, and can you In get to, to where it? you are? Yeah. Can you get to it? Um, you know, that's a lot of ground to cover. I don't think people realize yeah. how much ground like a right fielder has to cover when they're when they're tracking a ball. Yep. All right. So what we've learned is that Chris and I will be billionaires. Or <laughs> yeah. On on a yacht or in some mansion uh, on on the beach, and we'll be watching Josh toil away here at the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, FNP because he he couldn't handle a year of maximum security prison. Yeah. So the idea, I have nightmares about going to prison, man. I I, I no. I Chris, you think you would make friends with the guys in prison? <laughs> I I don't think all of the guys. Well, I think like Butch and Bubba, you would be like playing cards. I, and look, poker with there, them and there's got to like be that. some sports fans in there, right? Yeah. There's got to be a Browns backers. Right, the, 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 the brown. The How are you going to find these people? You're just going to like start. Yeah, you strike you just, up conversations. You just strike up conversations. You just walk over to a table yeah, at right. lunch and right. You just strike up hey conversations. Guys, make sports references. Do you like sports? <laughs> yeah, make sports references. See who picks up on what, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe you got somebody. And then you got a bodyguard. It. Yeah, right. You know what you know. You know what the trick is, Greg. Right. Make someone your B the first day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or become someone's <laughs> right. B as, as, as we learned. Or in office or days. just you know punch a and guard. That's minimum security prison. Right. Right. Just punch a guard and uh, you know getting sol- get thrown in solitary. solitary for the, a whole year. Could you handle a solitary for a whole year? Definitely. I would. If that were the bet, there wouldn't even be a question in my mind. I yeah, I think even, I, I would absolutely do that. I know. I know. If that I didn't they, have to mingle with with General Pop. I know that they I'm say. I know that they say solitary is much. You know, is a, is a very difficult yeah. situation. I'm sure it is. Yeah. But most of my fears of prison come from the social aspects. I agree. A hundred percent. General population frightens the hell out of me. Now, wait. In maximum security prison, they don't let a lot of shenanigans go because the the, the guys are watched more closely, right? So I'm pretty sure stuff still happens. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you guys are getting shanked in the courtyard or whatever, like every day. Right. Yeah, if if things go wrong, Chris and I will join the federal penitentiary Browns backers. Right. So, right. <laughs> so. all right. Yeah, so you guys will create your own gang in, in right. prison, right? Right. There we go. Yeah. Jeez. So the NBA finals are this week. Uh, not. I think everyone. Chris was hoping the Warriors wouldn't get there, but but um, you're certainly not surprised that they're there. No, no, no. I think. And but 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 the Raptors. I'm honestly surprised that they made it. I I did not think the Raptors had it in them, even with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I I did. I I actually thought that they would have been here last year. In fact, um, and last year was a huge letdown. Uh, that was of course with DeRozan. Had, had, had the Pacers knocked out LeBron in the first round, it could have happened. Yeah. Right. Well, in the and they just looked completely lost last year, and I think that prompted the DeRozan for Leonard trade. Um, you know, Kawhi's been unbelievable, and. You know, I think Kyle Lowry, who I will say is my favorite player, so you know, I but I think he's played. Why is Kyle Lowry your favorite player? You're a Rockets fan. He was was a Rocket, he was a Rocket. He's not anymore. No, but he was, (laughs) he was during a very dark period when, uh, all right, I get that. And he was a ray of hope for a while, but I, I think they've played very well, and and uh, I think that they're the most complete team in the East, you know, as as good of a season as Milwaukee had in they they were certainly missing parts I don't know what happened to Boston but that was atrocious and uh yeah I, you know obviously the the Warriors are considerable favorites but I do think that there is enough 
on there where if they can steal one or two game one of, one of these first two games they could make it a tough series yeah and they're at home it's and to, toronto does have toronto. Home, home court advantage too right. like game seven would be in toronto right i i didn't watch a lot of milwaukee over the, the, the course of the year i know greg you started watching them a little later in the playoffs a little closer yeah i I, really I, I i can't believe they lost four straight games yeah well and that was my point like i i kept just in the times that i was watching them i kept waiting for that that moment from Giannis where he took over and I really think he shrank he I did I really do and that's sad but again he's super young still right and this is the first year that he's really been first year he's gotten past the first pat, round right he's really been a threat and they've been expected to do to go far so now I the, mean and that happens the, in the one NBA. thing it takes can, a while for these guys to yeah, learn how to win can, in the but can I just put this in perspective because this has happened with uh, James Harden. Yeah. You know, it happened his first three years. Last year, of course, they made it further. Um, and then, you know, this year they ran into a very good Warriors team, but they've been knocked out by the Warriors for the last five years. And after that happens, everyone says, oh, James Harden can't win in the playoffs. Well, James Harden was a young guy when this was happening before he won in the playoffs. And nobody got cut him any slack. And now wins Giannis because, you know, he's, he's, this, he's in Milwaukee and he doesn't, you know, he's not this uh, mm-hmm. flamboyant scorer, I guess, mm-hmm. that that Harden is, all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, you know, oh, he's only young. Well, yeah, I mean, he still should be held to the same standard as, you know, he choked in the playoffs. Kyrie Irving choked in the playoffs. The difference is Giannis hasn't choked as much. Like, Giannis has never but been he past hasn't the had first the, round. He, he hasn't had the opportunity to choke as much either. Right. Well, like, like Harden, even even the series, the series he choked the worst was uh, against the Spurs two years correct. ago. Right? He had carried them to that point. And didn't have a very good supporting cast on that team. Um, last year in the finals, he didn't choke. I mean, he or in the conference finals, there was the 0 for 27 streak that the Rockets had, but that was largely the team as a whole. Is you know, I think he was 0 for 6 in that span. Um, he's also carried that team, and Giannis hasn't really carried that team even even in the playoffs he didn't really carry them beyond one game he's got to learn how to shoot like if, if, until his shooting becomes a threat like teams are just going to load up for his drive right. to the basket yeah, and, totally and, and sh- shut him down so he, he, can, he can improve his shot for sure and so. he, he can make him occasionally but he's got to become a dangerous shooter to get to that next level and and what you're saying is right i i, I see your point but say the bucks do this like three or four more times People are right. going to be get tired of Giannis yeah, too. I, I guess. I guess the thing that gets me with Harden is it happened immediately. It happened. You know, it happened when he was in Oklahoma City, and they said it when in the finals he had a bad final against uh, who were they playing at the time? The Heat, right? Mm-hmm. He had a bad final against the Heat. He goes to Houston. Uh, they make the playoffs. They get knocked out early. But then beyond that, after that year, other than the San Antonio year, they've run into a historic team each of those years. Four or five years they've lost to the Warriors. The Warriors are on a run that really you have to go back to the fifties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to go back to the Celtics. I mean, you could say. I mean, the Bulls had a three-year stretch in between, or a two-year stretch in between their their three straights. Um, you know, the Lakers had a nice run in the in the two thousands and in the eighties. But I mean, this is this is a historic run that they're going on. You know, it's not as though he's it's not as though he's dropping them to Toronto, right? I think what's at work with Harden is people don't like the way – not everyone likes the way he plays. Right. It's a real ISO-heavy game. He, he he sort of creates these fouls, and he goes to the line 15 to 20 times a game. Right. So. But the argument I'll say with Harden is is that, look, he's a great, great three-point shooter. 
He's a great free throw shooter, and he's a great penetrator. And he uses each one of aspect of his game to set up the other ones. And that's something that's very difficult to do. I mean, you've had people, and I'm not saying I agree with this, but you've had people this year saying that he's as good of a scorer as the NBA's hat. And that's that's part of the problem, too. There's a, there's a lot of people that don't agree with that. That 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 right. notion has been out there for, know, a while. for a while, and I don't think a lot of people are in agreement with that, so that makes them like sort of anti-Harden. Right, and, and I don't think that's fair to him. I yeah, mean, he's just playing his game, and he's he carried well. a Rockets team yep. that was without Clint Capella, without Chris Paul for a large portion of the season, and still – um, after a really rocky start, I diminished Chris Paul. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's, um, you know, so. I mean, he did win the MVP last year. He, right. He's, and he's he a, should. He, he, he should win it this year. He's a finalist this year. It's probably going to go to Giannis. It's probably going to Giannis. It, it, it's goofy that they do these awards after the finals because the playoffs don't factor into it. So now you have Giannis who totally flamed out of the playoffs. He's going to get, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to get the MVP. So, so it's sort of a, it looks weird. Um, uh, the, the way they, the way they, what was it that I it. saw the all NBA teams were announced. Uh, and I just briefly saw something, a headline about Clay Thompson and how he wasn't named to any of the all NBA teams. And that meant something to his, yeah, so his salary. It's right? a super, in order to be, so he doesn't qualify for something now. Uh, there's a max contract, which is about four years, 160 million. Yeah. Uh, super max is is I, I think four years two hundred and twenty million or something. You know I might have my numbers yeah. uh, off. It's two. It's over two hundred million. It's, it's designed to give teams a chance to keep their star players yeah. because they right. could pay them more money. But in order to qualify for that super max contract, one of the stipulations is you have to be named to an all, um, yeah, to an all NBA right. team in the ne- in the last two years or something like that. Yeah. And apparently him not being named to it. Uh, Hurt him, out, him out of that, and yeah. you know, I I really like Clay Thompson. I think he's a great player. I really do. I think he's he is a heart and soul of that team. Do you think he's one of the top six guards in the league? That that's the question. Well, third third team NBA, two guards per team. Right. So. I don't think he was this year. I'm not saying I, I, he what he missed some games. Um, the Warriors were not the Warriors of old, and you you have to look. I mean, was he better than Harden? No, not not when you talk about that. Um, was he better than Kyrie Irving? No. Um, you know, there there are a lot of good guards out there that take that spot. And I don't know, you know, Steph Curry's one of them, right? Steph Curry's in there. And, you know, Damian Lillard. I mean, that— Well, Kemba Walker make it, made it. Do you think Clay Thompson's better than Kemba Walker? I think he's better than Kemba Walker, but it's not whether he's better than him. It's, it's whether than—you know, LeBron James was a third-teamer. Right. Right? Yeah, I mean, LeBron James isn't—, isn't you know, there aren't 10 guys in the league better than LeBron James, but there are 10 guys in the league who had a better season than LeBron and James. And Kemba Walker doesn't play with this Draymond Green and Steph Curry. Right. And, and, yeah, but and, you also and, have to look at, well, I mean, I know they have the all defensive teams too, right? You have to look at what Clay does defensively. Right. Well, and, and that, I mean, if you are named to guys, an all defensive team, that also counts, that counts. for it. Yeah. Yeah, Clay said he's not pissed about losing the thirty million, or he's not upset about losing the thirty million. He's he's upset that, he, that people don't think he's one of the top six guards yeah, in, the, in, right. the, in the NBA. He, he he's he's right on that fence. I think of, of yeah. being of being in the top six. Look, so. I think I think he is very much a Scottie Pippen type player, or that he will never be appreciated because of the he's a, he's talent a victim that's around of him. The dynasty he right. plays for, and and basically, he, he probably if he were. If he were, you know, sitting alone in Vancouver, you know, he'd be a he'd be a superstar, right? You know, you look at somebody like a Mike Conley is a legend in Memphis, whereas you know Clay Thompson's a far better. No, nothing gets Mike Conley. He's very good. Clay Thompson yeah. Thompson is far better than him, but because he plays with Draymond Green and and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant 
and you know heck Iguodala mm-hmm. and you know all these he's never had to carry a team he's never had to carry right. a team and he can but you know that's that's how Pippen was I scored 37 points in one quarter you know right. like yeah no I I love Clay I mean yeah. I, I think he's a great player I, I would probably put him in the top the top six guards in the NBA yeah now if, uh, I'm, if I'm, I'm drafting him, a yeah. team to build a future he might be he might be one of the top two sure. guards I take but it's just that's not how these teams right. are selected. Now, Chris, you haven't been on while we've, we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. What's your take on the Warriors without Durant, and where do you think Durant ultimately ends up? Uh, so I think the Warriors are – this is going to sound, I know, crazy. I do think the Warriors are a better team without Durant. I'm not saying that Kevin Durant isn't a great – I think yeah. Kevin Durant is their best player. I think that it's just they, – they, they, pl- they play differently. They, they have so much better ball movement because you're saying – this guy doesn't have to get 70 touches a game um and and so that they're they're much more fluid it seems uh you know i know the even though durant was a monstrous against houston i know houston struggled once he left the lineup because and pj tucker got criticized for saying this um before he said that they're almost more dangerous because you don't, you don't know, know where, where the focus. you yeah. don't know where the attacks coming whereas you know and and you saw that in uh, what was it, game six, where, you know, Curry, who was held scoreless at the half, mm-hmm. and they were still tied, then all of a sudden comes out in the fourth quarter and erupts. Um, so if Cor- if Durant's in the game and Curry's held scoreless at the half and you can somewhat limit Kevin Durant, all of a sudden the Rockets are probably up by 10 or 15 at that point. But because you have all these different weapons, you know, Draymond Green had a big game that day. Clay, Clay Thompson was had a big game that day. Um you know that really hurts your. Really hurts you. Do you do you put stock in the notion that Steph and Draymond could be themselves when Durant's not on the floor with them? And I mean, like they're more they. Yeah, I Dray- do. I think Draymond can for I, sure. I think Draymond can. Yeah, Steph Steph Curry. I'll give him credit. I'm not a big Steph Curry fan. I do think he is. I think he has been a bit overrated in his career, but I do think that that he has been able to be himself most of the time. Um. The one time I saw was, you know, Durant had that. I think it was, you know, game three or game four against Houston. Uh, he didn't take a shot that he had to tie the game and instead kicked it back to Durant, and Durant missed, and the rebound came, and it went back, and Durant had two shots to, to tie it. You know, I don't know another time that I've ever seen Curry pass up a shot. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, I mean, they're both great players. Uh, as far as where Durant goes, you know, I, I think I don't think he should go to New York. Um, yeah, he's, he's too thin-skinned for New York. I mean, he's yeah. got he's got burner Twitter accounts monitoring what people are saying about yeah, him. Yeah, I, so. I don't I don't think you should have, uh, you know, LA's a mess right now. Uh, what about the Clippers though? Who could who could add Durant and 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 another star and really don't have to subtract? Uh, yeah, what 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 they already have? Yeah, I mean, it'd be an interesting uh, it'd be interesting. I you know I. I it, it really, if he goes there, it would really, if he, if they, if, could he, get inqu- him, if he, and Kawhi he and Kawhi Leonard. go there, uh, the future of, you know, will have officially entered bizarro world when it comes to basketball. I don't think either one of those guys want to go to LA. I just don't, I don't think See, Kevin Durant wants to be in that spotlight. And Kawhi Leonard certainly isn't one of those kind of guys. I, yeah. I, I'm a guy that now thinks that Kawhi Leonard staying in Toronto is now the more mm. likely option. I mean, why would you leave a team, uh, that, just played in the NBA Finals and plays in the far lesser conference. <laughs> why, why? Why would you leave that scenario? Well, yes. and and you you have an entire country, yeah, that loves you, right? Like he with with that shot against the Sixers, he essentially became 
Canada's greatest basketball legend. Right. Sorry, Steve Nash, but yes. No, I mean, from from a standpoint of like professional, like Steve Nash, you know, played his entire career in in the States. Right. You know, here, you know, as far as you go, Vancouver for the short time that they were a team and, and Toronto, that was the biggest shot in their history. Yeah, and the Raptors have been around since the early '90s, right? Uh, the, the early to mid '90s. And, so, and that, I mean, that is one of the greatest game-winning shots I've ever seen. The, the only one in game, the only buzzer beater in a game seven. Yeah, and just the fact that it hit the rim. And, so, and so the, the way it happened, and just he shot it over a seven-footer. Right. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. just seems like he's fa- he's found himself there. Right. You know, and he didn't initially want to go there. I think is, uh, is what I've heard. But and he's not a personality. Like right. he doesn't he doesn't care about. He's he said it himself. He doesn't care about fame and fortune right and Uh, and toronto's a great city mm -hmm. i mean that's that's one of the things that i think gets missed you know you talk about something someplace like a cleveland or something like that cleveland's not a great city i mean it's you might argue with me but when you talk about major cities cleveland there's there's not cleveland pittsburgh those those, detroit they're they're not great cities they're they're fine cities they're fine cities they good people there it's just you know they they're lacking that that metropolis feel i yeah. think whereas toronto has that toronto is a wonderful city and, and i agree I've, I've been there before i really yeah. liked it so um yeah i mean i i think you should stay i mean the, the, it's a easier path in the east and and you just went to the finals why would you leave that situation if what he says is true and all he cares about is is winning and they so. have a pretty good roster there right you know when you you look at it they like and they I probably know, have some room to get better too and and i know i know you said you were surprised that they were there but like probably with the exception of the sixers the sixers have a good starting five i mean this you have a complete starting five when you when you are deciding between marcus all and serge Ibaka as your as who's going to come in and play i mean that's a good problem to have you have two Seems like a pretty drama-free team, too. Right. You know, I mean, and that's what Kawhi needs. That's yeah, I agree with you. I, he he probably uh, is. That's going to factor heavily into his decision. I mean, the, I don't, the only argument possibly to leave, and it's not even a good one, is that Toronto's not a warm climate. And right. but, but he could in the off season, he could lay on the Doesn't beach all, exactly. all, all, all day long uh, in, in the off season. So there's really no great argument for him to leave. I mean, who are you going to deal with in the East unless Durant moves into the East somewhere? I mean, it's Giannis and Milwaukee. Yeah, but, yeah. but let's say let's say Durenko's the Knicks. They don't immediately become a contender. No, not at all. And you know, let's say the other team's Brooklyn. Like you know, and and I'm not really up on what Brooklyn's cap situation is, but you, you know, Brooklyn's not close. So you you know that's that's your metropolis places there. Boston can't take him. Um, and how old is he? Tw- he's like 29. He's yeah. not, I don't even think he's that old. So uh, yeah. he's 27, 26, 27 probably. So, yeah, I mean, it. I, I don't. I think it would be dumb for him to leave, even even though if he and Durant went to the Clippers, <laughs> that that make them one one of the favorites in the West, and and the world, as you say, would totally be upside down, Chris, because the Browns theoretically should be right. good, and the Clippers theoretically should be right. good. So. I could though, you know, dark horse wise, I could see him maybe going to a Dallas or a San Antonio. Um, you know, those are big basketball cities, and, and they have big followings there. And they, he's, he's not going back he's to San Antonio. Back yeah. yeah. No, oh, sorry. I thought we were back yeah. in Durant. Sorry. Sorry, I was talking uh, about Durant. Uh, Durant, yeah. yeah. I mean, he played in Oklahoma City and, and, yeah. didn't, and didn't hate it, apparently. Right. So. And, and, you know, San Antonio will put – they have a good coach. They have a good fan base. They'll put players around him. They'll build around their team. And, and uh, 
I could see that happening. Yeah, Kawhi will not go back to yeah. San Antonio. I promise yeah. you that. I, I heard. I wanted to ask you about the Rockets because I heard more chatter about them today, and and obviously they'd love to get out from underneath Chris Paul's contract because he's an older player, diminishing in production. Uh, he, he's owed like over a hundred million dollars over the next three right. years. But then I heard something weird today, and like, would they trade James Harden to get a big haul in return? Like, what do you think happens with the Rockets ultimately? <laughs> I mean. Uh, you have to look at it and say, all right, they've been, they were, the th- you know, they were a buzzer beater away from being the two seed in the West this year, right? Last year they were the top and, seed. And they probably would have beaten Portland in the second round. Right. They, they, they were the top seed in the West, or the top seed in the West last year. You know, they came out, they ran, because they were the four seed, they, they faced they faced uh, Golden State in that second round and, and you know, got beat. I, I I don't think it's a sell-the-farm type situation. Clint Capella's still young. He's still developing. He did not have a good postseason. Um, I really like their role players, too, Gordon and P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker, yeah. Tucker became every Houston Rockets fan's favorite player um, over the course of the past season. Uh, they have – I, you know, yeah, you have this Chris Paul contract, but Chris Paul had a good season. He's just, you know, he's just limited him. He's old. He's an older point guard. Um, you know. It, it's his contract. I mean. I, I don't think getting rid of James Harden, who has carried you to, you know, essentially 120 wins over the last two years, is the right move. Yeah. You know, could you get the number one pick? Okay, but then you're going to have to wait four years to develop that guy. And they especially – you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Clay Thompson. I assume that he'll stay in Golden State, but Durant's likely gone. You don't know how that's going to shake out um, with the balance of the league, but I don't think that they're that. F- I still think they're close. If New Orleans offered you the number one pick in Zion Williamson for James Harden, would you do it? They have to be more than that. You know, it's like you look, the Timberwolves turned down four first round picks for Jimmy Butler. You know, James Harden's better than Jimmy Butler. He is. Jimmy Butler is a good player. He's not. He's not a great player. So he's a free agent too, right? Yeah, he will be. And there's talks that he might go to the Lakers. Although, why he would willingly go to the who's, Lakers? Who, in, yeah. In their current who's situation, go there? right? Yeah, exactly. So, did you? Did, were we going to touch on the Lakers at all? Uh, unless, unless you want, we don't need to talk a lot about them because we keep talking about them, and there's really no reason to talk about them. But the story that I heard that cracked me well, up. Well, we I gotta hurry up because he's got dinner with Heath Ledger later. Yeah, exactly. Right. I know <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's a it's a you know it's on the schedule there. Yeah, and that's the story I was gonna bring up is how this guy who was their GM, right, Palinka, who was Kobe's agent. That's the only uh, reason why he's their GM. <laughs> he said. I guess all the players, they, there was a big ESPN uh, behind-the-scenes story that was done within the past week that said um, that nobody in the organization knew when he was, if he was ever telling the truth because he told this story about how Kobe Bryant um, was had like seen an advanced screening of the black of the Dark Knight or something like that when Heath Ledger played the Joker and that like he was fascinated by Heath Ledger's performance in that and he wanted he had dinner with Heath Ledger. Uh, when when that film was after that film had been made, when Heath Ledger died before the film was was, it was over, actually it was completed. Actually completed. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy clearly fabricated a story about. Plus, Kobe. we just threw him on the boat last week, I believe, for lying yes. about his relationship with Magic Johnson. How they seemed like eh, relatively, they were okay yeah. with each other, while Magic's like saying he was a backstabber on national TV. Yeah. yeah so these are the things we're talking about, right? You know? 
before we leave the NBA, I mean, we've been joking and talking about who's going to be in the finals all yeah. season long. Uh, Finally, we're, we're here. We're here. It's Toronto and Golden State. I think most of us thought Golden State – sorry, Chris, about your Rockets, but I think most of us thought Golden State were – uh, was going to get there. Uh, Toronto is a surprise team. Who who do we have uh, in, in the series? Uh, who do you like? I'm taking uh, the Warriors. Yeah, well, I say the Warriors in so, five. I, you know, I always look for the storybook ending of it, and the storybook ending. You're going to pick the Raptors. I the storybook say. ending would be that the Raptors pull some Pistons like stuff in the 2005 Pistons like stuff and win this one four to one. Yeah, right. I, that that would be nuts. Yeah, right. And so. Yeah, and Kawhi Leonard becomes you know king of the North. Right. I think even without Durant, I don't. I don't think Durant is going to play in this series at all. Uh, it, well, and then there's Demarcus Cousins too. He, he's coming back, but I don't think Durant will play. And he's he's questionable. Cousins, right. I don't think Cousins will play either. Okay. I mean, why would you screw up your chemistry as long as you keep winning? Right. So yeah, I, I just think this is the, the the Warriors making a statement and they're going to win it. The only scenario where I think Durant and or Cousins play is if it's like the hero scenario where the, the, they, 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 they suddenly can't beat or Toronto's winning games and they need someone to swoop in and save the day. I think that's the only way either, either one yeah, of those guys call. plays yeah. in, in, in this series. So, so I wanted to touch on the life of uh, Bill Buckner, and this is a guy that spent a lot of his life uh, in, in sports infamy. I uh, committed the, the, uh, the costly uh, error to, uh, uh, to, propel the Mets to a game six win it, it wasn't the deciding game in the World Series people, no, pe- well, people often don't remember that there's another aspect of it the game was already tied when he made that error right so, and, so right, had he put, the other the extra run so had he yeah. put out Mookie Wilson the game would have gone right. to the 11th it, inning right it was in the bottom it was in the bottom right of the 10. and and if you look you know how ESPN does those like you know like the percentage of winning even before that error would made the the percentage would have already shifted to the Mets because they were at bat with a runner yeah. on second base and two outs. I've re- I've read Jeff Perlman wrote a book called The Bad Guys One about the '86 Mets, and he and within that book he does an entire I think it's an entire chapter on Bill Buckner, and it's a bi- it's essentially Bill Buckner's biography, and it talks all about his career and what kind of a great player he was. I'm sure Greg will get to that, but a lot of people don't understand that that guy's that guy was not health like a, like at that point no, he, his knees were all jacked his up. knees and his ankles and, were both and, and he wasn't even he probably should not have even been in the game number one and number two but they were if, at an NL stadium right. in order for him to be able that, to that, be, that's the thing they had they had taken right. him out of earlier games right. in that series and put it in a defensive replacement right. See, all the, this is all stuff that people don't know the other thing is like I just said his knees were all jacked up Mookie Wilson can fly that ball was hit well behind first base Right. What are the odds that he actually gets to first base to put right. him out? Well, and and another thing that I think, uh, so ESPN, the the magazine, you know, years ago they had this thing, will you know, will this ever happen? All these baseball things, fifty six game hitting streak, and they had Pete Rose yeah. talk about it, and they had, yeah. and one of them was, will the Red Sox ever win a World Series? <laughs> and they they had Bill Buckner, and you know, he gave his little take on it, and then they said, then it, they had a little bio of him, and they said, you know, Bill Buckner played so and so. In his entire career, he made one postseason error, and that's the error. You know, that's the only error that in the postseason that he's made. Now, I don't know what his postseason experience was beyond that. You know, I know, right. that, but yeah, I mean, Josh raises a fair question: Could he have gotten to the bag to retire Mookie Wilson? But they also say that Wilson's speed 
caused Buckner to sort of rush, rush. Sure. Sort of rush the play and, and not make a clean fielding play right. and, the, and, the, and the ball dribbled past him. So Bill Buckner died at the age of 89, died of Louis body. 69. Or 89. Yeah, I was going to say, geez. He wasn't that old. 69. Yeah. Died of Louis body dementia. So the guy had dementia on top of all the other stuff that he was dealing with just based on that one little play. Uh, he died surrounded by family and friends in Boise, Idaho, where he lived. Uh, he was a one-time All-Star. Uh, he was the NL batting champion in uh, 1980, I believe, a career 289 uh, hitter. So, um, yeah, and he lived in Idaho, right? And I'm pretty sure he moved to Idaho because he had to get the hell out of Boston, right? Right. Well, and it's interesting is that he initially, I, I just read this in the in the obituary or in the you know story done after his death. He actually tried after he retired. He did s- settle down there for a little bit, but the the it was relentless. Yeah. You couldn't it, get away from it. Right. And and he actually blamed the media mm-hmm. more than the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said fans would actually be accepting, but the media would never let it go. And, you know, whether that's true or not, I guess, is in the in the perspective of, uh, you know, who's, you know, who's looking at it. But yeah. it's just it's an interesting thing that I saw was that he had, other than Pete Rose— he has more hits in the 70s and 80s. I saw that too. Than, yeah, than anyone else. There's lots uh, of cool stuff. Uh, about a couple him. of other interesting notes about Buckner. Uh, he struck out 453 times. There are 181 players still playing Major League Baseball with more strikeouts than than, than 453. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, right along with with that, I saw a tweet that said, "So the day, the day before he died." Um, X number of players in the major leagues that day, I think it was in the teens, struck out three times in a game. Bill Buckner never struck out three times in a game, ever. Right. <laughs> right. And he had 2,715 2, hits. 2,715 right. hits. Only two active players, and they're two Hall of Fame players, uh, Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols, have more hits than, than yeah, Bill Buckner. and he did. probably would have had 3,000 hits if his, if his knees would have stayed right. healthy, you know, if he would have been able to st- yeah. – Stay healthy. So his place in his place in history is fascinating to me because he was a really good player, and and, and that's not really appreciated, and, and that's not really what he's really remembered for. But the error did happen. I mean, it it was a bad play. It was yeah. it, it. It didn't cost the Red Sox. It's hard to say that it cost the Red Sox the no, World because Series they got to play another game because right. they because in, in and the they, game, and they in blew the game, that game right. Yeah. yeah, they were up three nothing. I believe right. in Game Seven. I think the thing that that is is that it's one of those things where. Um, and as a Browns fan, Greg, you can you can point to this so many times. You know, we go back to that Steelers wild card game, and what do you automatically think of? You think of the you think of the the Anthony Henry dropped interception, the or Dennis the Dennis Northcutt dropped pass. Right. Though those are the exclamation points, and I think that's what this was. It was the exclamation point. I mean, never mind that that William Green couldn't rush for more than a yard a carry. Or I, forget, I, I forgot I, about I, William I, Green. I forget, didn't his girlfriend stab him? Oh, like, that was uh, the next uh, year. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like you know, you you had all these things, but that you know, it's and that was always, part of the curse. It's too. always either the Anthony Henry uh, interception drop, or the you know this guy who had eleven interceptions in the season couldn't hold on to a ball, or the Dennis Northcutt right. who had carried you. And here, this this was the one thing. Of that course, happened. and and like I said, the curse was part of it. Like there had been. Like this was going to be the end of the curse, and it was right. just, and it ended up being just one more part of the curse. And that, and, that, and then after it occurred in 1987, they st- it was still almost two decades longer before they yeah. they won a they actually won a World Series and broke the curse. So but, of course that's what everybody. But even remembers. if you look at like the 2003 team that that was five outs away from beating the Yankees 
and then the Yankees came came back and ended up winning on the Aaron Boone home run in, in you know, the 13th. Aaron Bleepin' Boone, right? Right. Even if you look at that, they were looking for someone to blame. There, and, and who got the blame? Grady Little. You didn't take out Pedro Martinez. Now, you know, it's a no-win situation because if Grady Little takes out Pedro Martinez and brings in uh, it brings Martinez. in Timlin, and then, you know, why'd you just take out the best pitcher in baseball? You know, it's, it's one of those things that there's always got to be someone who's – you know, who hangs. Yeah. And in this case, it was Bill Buckner. And in that case, it was Grady Little. But he's unfairly remembered for calling oh, the Red Sox the World Series because he didn't because uh, the game was tied. The game was it's, the game had already been tied. Right, Kevin right. Kevin Mitchell and, and Ray Knight had, you know, tied the game. And, right. And, and he, yes, the winning run scored in game six. They still had a game seven to win. Uh, which to, they to were leading. Win the World Series. Right. So he did not cost the Red Sox that uh, World Series. So uh, funny thing I saw today, Tim Tebow. Uh, oh, he's yeah. played 40 games for the Syracuse Mets this season, and he leads the team with 53 strikeouts. He's batting 156, which is the worst in the entire International League. And that is AAA? AAA. The AAA Syracuse Mets. And he's on pace to have the worst numbers of uh, more than 1,700 AAA players since 2006. So, Well, maybe the Orioles can sign him. Maybe he shouldn't be playing baseball, Tim Tebow. I was of the mind, honestly, that he was he is eventually going to play for the Mets. I don't know if I still believe that. The problem is he's still such a box office draw, especially right. on the road. They, the, the Syracuse Mets and all these minor league towns that, that host Tebow, I mean, they, they go nuts for him. Right. So. Well, and he did have a promising – he has had promising moments. You know, I, I mean, was – He wouldn't be in AAA. I think he, he's deservedly probably right. worked his way out of AAA. You know, so I was, I was surprised because I had – you know, I don't follow Tim Tebow very closely anymore. But, um, you know, so I saw that headline and I was kind of surprised by that because last I had heard, oh, geez, you know, look at this monster shot that Tim Tebow had launched, you know. Uh, you know, I, I wish him well. I, you know. Got nothing bad to say about I, yeah, Tim Tebow. I, he's not Who on does? My, he's, not, he's not on my boat. He, he's about to know? marry right. some international model or something yeah. like that. So his, his, his life is going okay. Yeah, he's all right. So, even, even, and, if, even if he doesn't end up playing baseball. And, and actually um, – you know, if I'm being honest, I, I do think the guy is a heck of a college football analyst. Oh, he I, is. I, I, yeah, I, I've, I've seen agree. him on TV. Yeah. And, and he he does so. a very good job. And, and the one thing I like about him and I like about Kirk Herbstreet all the same is that, you know, he's not a Florida homer and Kirk Herbstreet's not an Ohio State homer. They right. Kirk Herbstreet had to move to yeah. like, uh, Kentucky or somewhere else. Because he moved they, to Tennessee because, or, or because they were so tough on him in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, and he's an Ohio State guy. Right. He, but he's not waving the pom-poms for Ohio right. State, so he, so he had to move. So. Yeah, right. Um, all right, it's boat time. Uh, Chris, uh, we'll give you a chance to think about it in case you don't have someone to throw on uh, for this week. But uh, who are you throwing on oh, the yeah, boat this I got, week? Uh, I have one, and it came, it came to my attention yesterday when I was – uh, reading through the wire stories and that I can't believe that we don't have Richie incognito on the boat yet. Yeah, so he's yeah. back in the NFL. The him Raiders and Nick, have signed him. Him and the Curios are late additions yeah. to the boat. He should have gone on long ago. The guy is a real piece of work. He's not a good guy. Um, good football player, but, getting, not, but not yeah, a good guy. Great, very serviceable offensive lineman. Uh, man, I tell you what, the, looking at the Raiders, I already hate John Gruden now <laughs> because he traded Khalil Mack into my team's division. I hate his guts solely because of that. But that team is going to be very easy to root against. Antonio Brown, now Richie Incognito, Gruden acting like he knows everything. Derek Carr who Der cries. <laughs> Cry baby Derek Carr. Uh, yeah, I'm, gonna, I, like, I'm really going to be rooting against the Raiders. So <laughs> I'm throwing Richie Incognito on the boat. That's a good one. 
Uh, I'm gonna throw uh, Genie Bus on the boat. Uh, we we put this whole we might have put this whole Laker regime yeah, well, on, on, on the boat. We but could fire her butt into the black hole. Well, I don't think she's been on individually herself yet. But um, but like, what is she doing with the Lakers? And like, it seems like to qualify to have a big decision in the Lakers, you have to have some attachment to like former Laker yeah. glory. Or be married to someone that does, like Linda Rambis. Right. Like they have about twenty people advising them, whether it's Phil Jackson or Magic Johnson or, or Rob Palenka or um, or yeah. Kurt or Kurt uh, Rambis. I mean, there's way too many people advising her, and and she has the power to change this today. I mean, she she could sweep everyone out today and start over today and fix this. All, all she has to do is hire a competent basketball person, hand the person the keys, and just sign sign the checks. That's all she has to do. So she's in just, total control and power. Just get to, John to Dorsey. Fix this. Exactly. Right. Do yeah. that. Or, or or another competent basketball executive say, "Here are the keys. Turn my team around. Right. You'll be fired if you don't do a good job." That's all she has to do. Instead, she's listening to Kobe Bryant and his agent and Phil Jackson and all these people, and, and that's why the Lakers are the dumpster fire that they <laughs> well, are right now. you know, looking at the Wizards, though, it's not really easy to hire a good base basketball person to run your organization, apparently. They still don't have a GM. Right. Well, that's, we are well that's because they decided to give John Wall a ridiculous contract, yeah. and it sounded good at the time, but when something goes wrong, like an injury, it becomes a horrible contract. They're, right? they're, they're, they're going to be in trouble here. Cause they free, were talking about that because of the super. that's one of those Supermax yeah, contracts. It is, yeah. And it's the only one that hasn't worked out. But there, I mean, here we are getting ready to. The draft is going to happen, and the free agency is going to open up, and they're still there. Who knows who's actually going to be? And, the, now, and now Portland's GM. talking about giving Damian Lillard like forty plus million a season. Damian Lillard's a really good player. He's one of the best players in Blazers history. He's not worth forty million dollars a year. Right. I but, think Damian Lillard's really good. He is. But would you pay him? Yeah. Would you Would you, you would give him forty? I would give plus him a million? max. You You would. Yeah, okay. I'd max him. Yeah, I don't think I would give him the super. Super Max or whatever. Like it is. one of the reasons why Memphis is in the lottery and uh, and has and got lucky and got the number two pick because they decided to pay Mike Conley like thirty to forty million dollars. Yeah, I don't season. think I don't think Mike Conley and Damian Lillard are the same no, level. They're not. They're not. I, I yeah. would put Lillard over them, but I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't chew up forty million dollars in, in, in Damian Lillard. But would you pay Steph Curry that? Yes. I think if you look at the numbers, you'll see. I. Damian Lillard is a heck of a player. No, he, we're we're not saying he's not. Yeah, he is, but yeah. but he doesn't have the impact of Steph Curry, though. See, I don't. I I, I guess I don't agree with that. I mean, he's broken my heart twice, so I mean, maybe that's why. Yeah, but but Steph Curry's been a unanimous MVP. Look, look what they're doing without without Kevin Durant, and now that Curry's yeah, the, but even the, the without top, Kevin Durant, top gun again. Even without Kevin Durant, they still have three Hall of Famers on that on that floor, right? I mean, Draymond Green's a Hall of Famer. Clay Thompson's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Okay. Right. Damian yeah. Lillard has had nothing. CJ McCollum. He had Lamarcus Aldridge for two years. He's had McCollum. CJ McCollum's a good player. Now. Yeah. Right. This year. Yeah. Well, he's been good for a couple of years. Uh, I mean, not like he was this year. This was well, his, this was this his, was his breakout. I'm, right. I'm not saying Damian Lillard. I would give him ten million dollars a year and say take it or leave it. I, I mean, yeah. he deserves a good contract, but but forty well, million that could escalate to like fifty million dollars a but year. Here's, but I think that's the reason for the supermax, though. Is you're looking at somebody who's who's one of one. He's a first team All, all NBA, right? He's first team All NBA, and you're in Portland. How are you going to get somebody? You're not going to get Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's not coming to Portland. Right, you know, well, he, but he, he might go to Dallas or San Antonio. No, you, you, you don't know though. Right, but but he's Portland's not 
Portland's not LA. We talk about LA and New York all the time, right? right. Every once in a while, we'll throw in a Miami the two or teams Houston. With, the two teams with the worst rosters. Sure, but it's the cities. Nobody's going to Portland. So it gives you an opportunity to say, okay, guess what? New York and LA can't offer Damian Lillard 200 and X million dollars. We can. He's, we're gonna, he's better than any draft pick we're going to get this year. I, I don't know. I think it's a good deal. I mean, that's why Memphis okay. did the Conley deal. Right. Um, yeah, but that, but then they're in the lottery and got lucky and pick and got lucky. I mean, they did. I mean, they yeah. they weren't their odds weren't very good and they wound up with the number two pick. So um, my boat. Yeah, Donovan McNabb. Yeah, that's hop a good on one board. Too. Good, good one. Uh, that, that, is a, that is a good, really good one. Yeah. So McNabb thinks taking uh, shots at Troy Aikman. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a couple things here. Like, first off, you guys know I feel the Hall of Fames are sacred, and uh, I don't like it when players complain that they haven't been selected and almost like tooting their own horn the reality is is and he compared himself to Troy Aikman who I don't think was the spectacular like not an all-time great but look at, certain, look, look at the players he played with right y- yeah but here's the reality you also have to look at the era in which you played and uh Donna McNabb played in an era where you know now you you can't compare eras like that and they played in different eras right now Matt Stafford has far more passing yards in his career and passing touchdowns than Donovan McNabb has. has. Should Matt Stafford be a Hall of Famer? I don't I, know. I think maybe what you have to look at with McNabb is who coached him as well. Right, and that's the thing. Alex Smith is like one – now whether he ever plays again, I don't know, but he's about one season away from equaling his passing yardage. And that's as a part-time starter when he was in San Francisco. And a couple of years, they, under they, Andy they, they both played for, for Andy Reid, and, and, and they, they both, both played very well for Andy right, Reid. Right, right, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot to it, and uh, just for somebody to come out and and start, you know, pointing himself to, you know, previous eras. I mean, you look at Terry Bradshaw's completion percentage was fifty one percent. Another thing about Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman got better in the playoffs. That's the thing about Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman was a playoff. His completion percentage ra- was, Play, yeah, was, was higher in, in the playoffs. In Super Bowls. His touchdown to interception ratio better in the playoffs. McNabb only got the one Super Bowl, and that was with a monster. That was with To's arguably his best season. Yeah, right? arguably his best season, and To carried that team when McNabb frankly choked. Right. Um, yeah. So, yep, good, good one. Good. I, I, I like that. So, seen or to be seen. Um. I'll go. I'll go. Seen and uh, it's always it's become sort of like a Memorial Day tradition that I turn on an episode of Band of Brothers and I and I teach my son a little bit of something about um, you know uh, the Greatest Generation and we talk about you know what those what those men sacrificed and we watch one of those episodes and that series I don't know if you guys are fans of it if you haven't ever seen it. Um, it's fantastic. It's a series that you could watch over and over just for, uh, you know, historical purposes, educational purposes. Um, so anyway, that's something I saw. And I read some really good stuff this week. Um, I read something really good um, in a, you know, how they put out those yearly best sports writing of 20 whatever. Right. I read, I read something by, I think it was Seth Wickersham of ESPN.com. He, uh, this was four or five years ago, he went and did a big feature story on Y.A. Tittle, um, who had been suffering from dementia, and he was in his 80s, and he spent, like, uh, a really um, important weekend with Y.A. Tittle and his family at this party that, that he threw every year. Really, uh, it was just a really good story. It was called uh, uh, Awaking a Giant or something like that. It was 
five years ago or so in ESPN, the magazine. Anyway, it's a really good story. You could probably find it on the internet. Yeah. I will go seeing as well. This is something that Josh brought to my attention last night. Uh, there was a, wo- a woman who uh, oh, yes. who threw out the first pitch at, before a Royals-White Sox game in Chicago. And, you know, the cameraman came out to to shoot video for, for the stadium crowd of this woman tossing this first pitch. And he was positioned, if you're looking from the mound to the plate, the cameraman was positioned pretty well to the left of the pitcher's mound. Chris, have you seen this yet? I I, I I saw, I clicked on it, and then it wasn't working. The video wasn't working. So the cameraman's well to the left, and he's, and he's probably, uh, here, oh, here, here's, yeah. here's the pitch. <laughs> this wo- So he doesn't think he's going to get hit by this pitch, but this woman rears back to throw the pitch, and her arm completely goes to the left, and she hits this cameraman with, with the pitch. She hits the camera he's holding, too. Right, hits the camera and the cameraman with the pitch. The guy was surprised to say the least because uh, he wasn't expecting to get hit by this pitch people are calling it the worst first pitch of all time and it's it's hard to argue that there could be there could, there, there, there could be a worse <laughs> i watched it like 10 times in a row last night <laughs> right i mean it, it is a awful pitch and the woman doesn't seem to i mean she's like laughing she's laughing she's, she's, jumping she's, probably, around. she's probably a little embarrassed but right. maybe not quite as embarrassed as she should be She's uh, viral you, now, man. Uh, She's g- famous given now. Given that she threw the worst first pitch ever, but but this cameraman Infamous. got hit by a uh, by a um, first pitch. It's a good one. So and so that that's my scene for the week, Chris. It doesn't have to be sports. Uh, it's not a movie, well, uh, a TV show. I'm I'm or or something you're looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, I'm through game five of uh, season or through season five of Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, so don't or care. I'm starting. So. Don't tell me what happened. I threw, I threw, I threw everybody, ah. anybody who complained about the Game of Thrones on social media last week. I threw all of them on the boat last how week. How is yeah. that? Josh and I haven't watched it. Have I, I really have enjoyed it. it. Yeah. Um, and so, but I've had to not, uh, not look at any social media feeds because everyone and, spoils everything. And that's impressive. So yeah. you have some fortitude there. Good job. Um, but in in actuality, uh, I watched a great SEC championship game between Ole Miss and Vanderbilt uh, on Sunday. And I'm looking forward to a College World Series. Nice. Yeah, best nice. best sporting event that there is. Craig, did I? I don't know. I, I, I did I tell you the other week? I watched a pretty good sporting event too. I, I caught myself on like a Sunday afternoon. I turned on ESPN, and there was uh, the NCAA beach women's beach volleyball. That can be a good sport too. Finals, semifinals, and finals. I watched about two hours of that. Yeah. Could, couldn't really stop for some reason. I actually enjoy watching beach volleyball. I seriously, I, love the sport. I do. I, I, it's, yeah. a, I, it's my favorite Olympic sport Absolutely. to watch. Actually, it, it, it looks I don't e- know why it's not more popular. Quite right. honestly, it, it looks easy, but then you get out there on the sand and try and play volleyball. Oh yeah, you, you have difficult. Yeah. You have difficulty. Moving. How hard it is to jump and how hard yeah. it is to move. I mean, it, yes. it, it, they're really great athletes. That, that, that yeah, play well, that sport. the the two Kerry Walsh and Missy May Trainer, I yeah. believe. You know, when they went, that they it was so exciting to watch them each time because they were they were so such a cohesive unit yeah. and and always um, so heavily favored yeah and it was it was really exciting to watch so them. to bring so to bring it full circle do you think if you were set up by a professional beach volleyball setter for a spike in 10 tries could you like spike it past an, an opponent no way and to win 10 to win a billion dollars no I'd, I'd still take the three-pointer all right yeah well, why? Why is that? I'm curious. Since you said it, I'm not questioning it. But why? Why? Why do you think so highly of the College World Series? Oh, it's it's baseball. It's a very pure form of baseball. You know, you don't have this. Um, you know, you don't have everybody trying to hit home runs. You 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 see you see this more traditional way of playing baseball with you know the 
laying down bunts. You don't have these, you know, expansive, you know, 13 pitchers on the roster. I mean, you might have 13 pitchers on the roster, but they're only using about six of them, yeah. and they, they manage it. And then the excitement that you see, um, one, of my, one of the greatest sports things I ever saw, I didn't really have a rooting interest, but it was Coastal Carolina playing LSU in a Super Regional and, you know, Coastal Carolina, the game was tied. There's two outs. Guy chops one down the third baseline. It goes into left field. Coastal Carolina guy scores from second, and it was as big as, like, you know, Bryce Drew hitting a shot for, you know, it was it – was, right? Yeah, it was that kind of celebration, and it's, you know, I'll, I'll take it to that. It's just very good baseball. Speaking of LSU, there was this – this I have a, a, a clip that I tweeted at some friends as well. This was a um, – a college world series game it was lsu and auburn did you see this where oh yeah the, the guy scored on the pass ball yeah the the catcher so it was a t- it was a, they were down by a run right and there <clears throat> auburn, was, there were, uh, lsu was down by lsu a run. was down by a run and they had two guys on base and the pitch came in i guess it, it was a while it was essentially like a wild pitch the catcher didn't know where the ball went it hit off the umpire right essentially and then was just laying there right and two guys scored two guys scored now game over i so I've made this argument, and I need to watch it again, but I've made this argument that the first runner should have been called out because he blocked, he was he obstruct he interfered. No, it'd be obstructed. He obstructed. Okay, now there's the guy he comes in, he just He doesn't get out of the way when the other guy is going to tag. See, mm, I think he got out of the way. Here, let me see it. And so it's paused where the guy's coming in. That's a crazy – I've never seen anything like that. And to have that end your season is – would be devastating to any any college kid. Um, but, again, like that's a – that goes to show you that's that's the drama of that – Yeah, it's – Of that tournament. And you just see so much excitement more so than you see from the yeah. players. And that's one of the things I like about the World Baseball Classic. And I know that yeah. we don't we don't as Americans get very thrilled about that, but it is – you see these players, these major league players, making millions and millions of dollars a year. You see them so impassioned playing in that. It's almost like the world, world baseball, you know, world baseball classic that you don't necessarily see in, in yeah. you know, any even other in the World Series in any other uh, format yeah. in baseball. Yeah, there was a college player. I, we, uh, we just saw the clip. He shattered his bat, uh, his aluminum bat, broken too. Sawed uh, off. Yeah, he, it was sawed off. I, I don't know who he played for. I, I forget who he played I haven't for seen or, that yet. or the scenario, but it was a sawed off aluminum bat, which you yeah. which you never see. Yeah. So, yeah, so, see so, cool so, stuff, so, so it was sure. crazy. Um, did you guys catch the, any of the uh, NCAA lacrosse championships uh, over the weekend? Uh, Maryland women beat uh, BC to win the national title, and the yeah. Virginia men uh, beat Yale. And in, I think they, abs- in, I think in Yale the men's would have, uh, championship. I think game. Yale may have been the favorite in that. But, yeah, uh, but Virginia, I think, won their sixth title, and yeah. Maryland won some, something like they've won a number of them as well. I don't know the exact number, but uh, Virginia and Maryland win uh, good, national good year uh, for Virginia collegiate sports uh, right. titles, right? So. And before we go, we need to point out that Chris uh, is moving on to greener pastures. Uh, he's taking over as the publisher of the Martinsburg Journal um, in, in a couple of weeks, right? A couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if this will be your last appearance on this podcast or not. Well, I, got but, a couple but, week, I got a couple weeks. If something pops up, you guys can call me in here. But, but if so, we, 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 we wish you I've well. I've enjoyed it. it. It's, been, it's been fun working with you, and, uh, and uh, we hope to hear from you every once yes, in a while, too. Certainly. And, and, and have you back, maybe. So. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. This has been Just Another Sports Podcast.